Welcome to the Don't Die podcast, sponsored by Aloe Treatment Centers. They're out in Malibu. They're in Silver Lake. It's a treatment center I started with some friends. We want you to get the right treatment, the right program for you, and stop dying. Stop dying, Chuck. That's that's the truth. Thank you, Bob. So everybody's been asking what I'm doing. I'm getting comfortable with the COVID and the isolation. I, I, I'm getting comfortable with it. I don't want my children influenced by the culture. I don't want to be in the culture. I don't want to be, I don't want to, you know, so the COVID thing's working good for me. I, I've only left the house two times since Thursday. Yeah. I'm still in my pajamas. Look at gentlemen. I didn't get out of my pajamas today. <laughs> but you did go out to your RV, right? <laughs> no, I got the guy coming to fix the lights this Wednesday. That light thing is the final frontier. Fixing what the light lights. Thing? Well, none of the some of the lights, the light in the bathroom, the light over the bed, and the light in the kitchen area, they don't turn on. So something was wrong with the wiring in the roof. And so a guy's been coming out here for two weeks. One time he came in, I was napping, and I guess he knocked on the door and I didn't answer. <laughs> because it's COVID you don't have to answer wait a second you're not getting dressed and you can't be bothered to answer the door when someone drives out to your place this COVID thing is working out for no isolation it's not it's I don't know if that's a good thing Bob somebody it almost how about this it almost looked like I had to go somewhere today at three o'clock and I was in anxiety about it like oh my god I gotta take a shower and go somewhere uh, oh, yeah. We, we have get, different stories I, on that. How did I get so lazy so quickly? It's only been eight months. I'm ready to just be a, in a nursing home, but my home. Like, it's like walking around. Oh, well, God. you kind of are. The <laughs> highlight. Pajamas. The highlight are you eating is going soft to food? The, I'm, I'm eating. I'm eating. I'm juicing right now. I'm trying to lose weight. Juicing and watching cartoons, it's fantastic. <laughs> yeah, my day consists of I get up at whatever time. Here's the thing. I don't know if you guys are experiencing this. Like, even Elvis, who's pretty OCD and has to be at school on time and whatever, I it was like 8.15, and his first thing is at 8.30, but it's really just the principal on a video announcement thing. School doesn't really start till 9.00. At 8.15, he was still in bed, and I go, you got to get up. School starts in 15 minutes. And usually he's like, oh, my God, why didn't you tell me? I have to do the And he's all anxious. The, the other day on Friday, he was like, whatever, Dad, whatever. <laughs> <laughs> and I'm like, you're catching on, buddy. What the fuck ever? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> we're growing out our leg hair and we're, yeah, we're just we're getting getting don't give a fuck. And we get, you know, the highlight of my day is to go down to the main road and get my mail. It's like the highlight of the day. <laughs> well then let's, let's I got a yo yo today. I got a yo yo. So Elvis got into yo yos. I went online and bought old Duncan yo yo, the the original seventies one, because they're easy and you can do walk the dog. And, and they're whatever. heavy. They're heavy. Yeah. They, yeah. So that came today. That and you don't even you don't Duncan. have to leave the house. You just have it delivered. Yeah, it goes right? eBay. It goes right to the mailbox. So is, I, is the juicing work working? Yeah, I mean, it's just, no, like, inactivity certainly is not helping me. (laughs) I could walk for everyone. So you got to understand, all my neighbors walk down the dirt road with their dogs and their children to go get their mail, right? Because there's like one, two, three. 
three, four. There's four houses towards the end of the dirt road, uh, you know, above me. And then there's two houses right around my area. And everybody, I can see them from my front window. The neighbor walks down his driveway and walks to the mailbox. The people come walking by with their dogs to go to the mailbox. I get in my car and drive to the 400 feet. <laughs> well, well, in your defense, it is the length of a football field. And you're not getting paid to run it. Yeah, this is crazy. So I become, uh, so everybody's talking about COVID anxiety and COVID paranoia. What about COVID laziness, COVID sloth? Because that's what's happening to me. COVID sloth. I hadn't, hadn't, hadn't investigated that yet. I, but I, the, even Sydney, who's four years old, said, Daddy, did you take a shower today? And I was oh. like, I, I didn't take a shower today, Sid. I didn't take a shower yesterday. I don't know you're, if I took oh. a shower the day before yesterday. Your ADLs are out of line. A, a <laughs> client was poorly groomed. <laughs> yeah, I am becoming that. I'm like, I'm, I'm like certifiable. <laughs> was, Lazy, was the client focused? That, what is was it? Not yeah, define define all that it is. So Chuck, <laughs> I want you to build a chart on me. I haven't left the house in days. I don't bathe. I just watch TV and drink lemon love juices from Sprouts. The only time I leave the house is to get the mail from stuff I buy on eBay. I chew nicotine gum constantly. And I'm, I want to be left alone. C create a chart for me. What are my goals? <laughs> I, I, I think you've got the happiest depression I've ever heard. <laughs> I think you should run with it. I think we should just in, enforce the behaviors. I think I'm going to do some motivational interviewing and just have you. How is this working for you? Sounds like I it's did working have really to, good. The one, one of the times I left on Saturday at Elvis's school, they had a drive-through Halloween haunt or whatever. So I had to drive them into LA on Saturday. And then I had to get gas by my house because I was running out of gas on the way home. And those Trump trucks went by. Oh. <laughs> like a bunch of Trump trucks in uh, the IE. I'm in the IE, gentlemen. Yeah. The, the IE is Trump land. So these trucks just come up from the Speedway Road, like whatever, Fairplex like nine of them i'm on foothill in in laverne they turn right on foothill and they just start going tooting their horns driving down the street with american flags and trump flags which you later saw in texas and all this kind of stuff and i felt like wow this is amazing this is oh, why on, I don't, they all got the signal is, from somebody or something you know, I don't know. i'm sad because i wasn't included in that loop i i don't want to go to everything but i sure want to be invited <laughs> I don't know, you know what they're they're just driving their trucks. It was weird. And it was a lot of elderly people. It was kind of weird. But uh I just thought amazing. This is humanity. This is why I don't come out of my house. <laughs> <laughs> my uh guy I work with who's a he's uh, African American is up in Petaluma and he was he's up there for this week and he goes, "Man, I got on the freeway and I was used driving one of Warren's big trucks and there was one up there." headed towards San Francisco and he goes I'm driving along and next thing you know I'm in this big log line of trucks and people are honking at me and he goes I didn't know what to do <laughs> go, yeah. what do you do oh hey, hey. where do they get them where do they get the fucking trucks they're brand new all of the trucks like, yeah. well the Michael. ones I 
I saw because I was, they were at a stoplight all turning right and I was pumping gas. So I was out of my car. I was like 30 feet away from them, right? A lot of elderly people, like, like you know, I'm 59. They were probably 68. So I don't know. But they look, you think they if look Trump really doesn't get elected, they they're going to be rioting people and shit? Get, like, I hope when I'm 68, I don't give a fuck about who's president of the United States. Like, you're, you're heading into your last, uh, your last uh, uh, 10 years. Do you really want to be driving up and down Foothill in Laverne on a Saturday, tooting um, your horn for some con artist bullshit artist? Um, it's like, America's it's last so stand, weird. Bob. Last stand it, against what? I don't know, but I keep hearing that. <laughs> <laughs> I just, you know, I, I'm hey, just I do know against against political correctness and against all this kind of kind of telling you what language and all the kind of incessant insistent stuff that millennials uh, uh, insist that you do, right? Whatever happens on election day, Joe Biden's going to go back to a really good life. Donald Trump's going to go back to a really good life, no matter who wins or loses. None of them are going to know what we deal with on a daily basis. Neither of them live in reality. Why do we act like they care anything about us? Because they don't. I've that's, always that's, said that. I've always said that. But that's so that. sad. But it, it, and the idea Dude, is Let me that, tell you, the one president I liked and never get crucified all was Bill Clinton, right? Do you know that Bill Clinton has like 186 IQ? He doesn't, he doesn't relate to the earth in the same way we do. Like he's the, one of the smartest people ever in the United States. Plus, he's an he's an amazing statesman, and so he's got this intellect and this charisma. Like he doesn't, he never. And this is the same thing as rock stars too. Like as much as they want to say they, oh, they're just like everybody else. No, they're not. I was with Flea one time. He got pulled over. He was doing 112 on PCH. The cop walks up. He goes, oh, Bobby, I think my license is suspended. Want to switch seats? And it's like a tiny little car. And he, I, I'm like, no, what do you? And the cop comes to the window. Flea rolls the window down. And the cop goes, that isn't who I think it is, is it? And Flea goes, if you think it's Flea from the Red Hot Chili Peppers, it is. <laughs> <laughs> the cop didn't even write a ticket, let alone check for his suspended driver's license and arrest him. No. That, like there is this elite part of America. I'm not a part of it, but I know there's an elite part of America that do not live the re the way the rest of us do. And that's just a fact. And it's not bad or I don't see it as bad. That's just the way that it is. But that some of them from that elite world want to act like they're every man. That's a bit much. That's a bit rich. You know what is I mean? Is it 50, 50, is it 50 and Little Wayne that jumped on the Trump train? Or All was 50 it, said, I'm defending my buddy. All he said was, under Biden, if you live in Manhattan, you will be paying 62.6% taxes if you make over $250,000. That's all he said. And he said, in that case, I'm fucking out of here, meaning I'm out of New York City. I'm not going to live in New York City. That's mm -hmm. all he said. He didn't say he supports Trump or, or he didn't mean to. And he's, he's corrected his statement. He's saying, you know, it, it doesn't, it's not worth it to live in New York City for paying 62% of your money. Well, and it's not worth it to, to say anything, is it? Apparently, it's no. not worth it if you, if you have a, a name that's recognizable in the average American household, you just kind of got to just 
suck it up or you're paying the price. But, it seems but like. it's a, such a strange thing. I don't know if anybody, anybody, if somebody making $50,000 a year would go, yeah, I would love to pay 62% taxes, but they attack him for saying he's not going to pay it. And here's the thing. Republicans run up just as much debt. There's no such thing as debt anymore. The, the balanced budget idea that that's just a thing of the <laughs> yeah. past. So why yeah. doesn't Biden say, listen, motherfuckers, listen to me. I'm going to raise capital gains to 25%. That's fair. Everybody can live with it. And we're just going to run up the debt. Everybody with me on that? And then, and we're going to get rid of coal and we're going to get rid of fossil fuels and we're going to have free college for everyone. We're just going to run up that fucking debt. Everybody with me? Everyone in like 70% of America would go, we're with you, Joe. We're yeah. with you. And the Republicans <laughs> would have no argument because their argument is always to cut taxes. And what I'm saying is, I don't think our society cares anymore. You can have rose-colored glasses on. I just watch a bunch of people for no reason ruin their Saturday and everyone else's <laughs> by driving down the street, tooting their horn with a sign for a president who obviously, to anyone with above 100 IQ, does not give one fuck about them. And they okay. give their whole lives to him. Meaning... And there's a great report came out. So far, Stanford University Medical Center is tracking the, the Trump events. So far, it's directly related to 700 deaths. 700 people have died as a result what? of his ego-involved, grandiose events. Yeah, they're super spreaders or they're moderate spreaders, and that goes out into the community. 700 deaths are directly related to Donald Trump's bullshit i'm so funny comedy routine rock star bullshits ego aggrandizing bullshit because he doesn't talk about any policy i've watched yeah. i've watched them all the way through you know sound down some of it because it's just so repulsive <laughs> yeah, but, i was gonna say how, but, how do you do that but but you're trying to tune in like what is he really talking about is he talking about what 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 he wants to do for the next four years is he talked about some of his great accomplishments, which I'll say cutting the capital gains from 29% to 20% is a big deal. It's what fueled the economy. You may not like it. And, and people say, oh, it just made billionaires rich. It made everybody rich, made your 401k rich. I'll agree with Trump to that. But he doesn't even talk about that. Guess yeah. why? Because most of his audience doesn't even know what that means. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> it's true. Why, would you, it's why true. would you bore the audience with things that they don't understand? <laughs> I, I see. I don't. I don't. I don't have to watch that stuff because cha even Channel Five, which is like the only news I feel safe watching because they're they're goofy on their best days. I'll, I'll watch the morning news on Channel Five, and they'll tell me if he says something really stupid. Well, every said, every day, he wasn't saying it. You know what they chanted last night? Fire him! Fire him! fire him about Dr. Fauci, the leading <laughs> epidemiologist, the leading epidemiologist in the world, the Trump, they were fired. They were saying fire him. Well, he's saying negative things. Here's the only surprising thing about that audience. It was surprising that they could change their chant from lock her up to fire him, fire him, and keep the tempo going the same. Fire <laughs> uh, him. That's some good, that's cadence. That's, they had to break cadence. that word up. Fire there you go. Him. 
fire the leading <laughs> epidemiologist in the world. But he won't agree with the Fuhrer. If you're not going to agree with the Fuhrer, you're a problem. You see, this is, this is the, it, doesn't this happen in, in all um, cults? When you come around, whether it's Scientology or, because uh, that's a good one, because all you got to do is talk bad about Scientology and you're evil. And, oh, I and know when somebody... Fauci won't co-sign, Forget a great it. band, a great uh, one of the great bands of the 2000s broke up because of Scientology. They're harassing one of the members so much he had to move away and hide and it's awful. So, so yeah, that 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 it's almost like pro. Like I'm not pro anything. I just think I've always thought Trump's an idiot, but I I think I I didn't I thought Hillary Clinton's an idiot. Like I think most people are idiots. <laughs> like you know what I mean. So, so why is Mike frowning? You like Hillary Clinton, I know. Oh yeah, I like Hillary Clinton. I like Whoa. Bill Clinton too. <laughs> yeah, but um, but 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 uh, so I I don't have a I don't have a I I just feel like this outsider to our society. I'm not I'm not I'm certainly on the side of intelligence, reason, good jobs for people. Um, I'm. I'm not on the side of paying 62% taxes. I'm not. I'm not on the side of universal health care because it's already shit. You're just going to make it shittier and shittier and shittier. There's got to be a way to have health care less expensive. The shitty, I think the shitty health care we have should just be less expensive. There right? you go. The way you do that is to remove all these lawsuits against the medical profession. So lawsuits are one component of it. I don't know the percentage of that. But I do know that 33% of all medical costs in America are arguing over the bill. Right? We have, that's your whole job, Chuck, is yeah. to argue over the bill. What if just arguing over the bill was, was just not an issue? A third of our healthcare costs would go down. Now, here's why they don't want it to happen. There's 400,000 good paying jobs in over arguing the bill. <laughs> oh, yeah. And that's just the direct billing people. That's not you whose job mostly is to give evidence to argue over the bill. Right? Right. Then there's nurses and doctors and paper pushers and file clerks and everybody else that wants to argue everything. You're right. If it was more like uh, um, CarMax, where that's the cost. That's on the, the window. Cost. This is what it costs, and either your insurance approves it or it doesn't. Here's and... an interesting thing. I fell and broke my leg in, in Canada. Mike, were you with me then when I broke my compound, fractured my leg? Uh, no. I don't think so. I think, I think you were, but you probably don't remember. Probably. I fell down on a stage at a club called the Heartbreak Hotel. Right? Do you remember that Leg club? Break Hotel. Uh, leg break hotel i got caught i was leaning against the pa then my right foot got caught and i moved away and i was caught there and then i fell on my left leg onto the the metal rim of the stage and a compound fractured my shin bone right hmm. i was so high or drunk i didn't really recognize it i remember i kept singing this the song after that when i finished that song my leg was hurting i was like fuck 
but then you know you're on stage, Chuck. You got to put on a show. This is show business. You got to go on with the show. Dance, monkey. And I, dance. I started the next song, and then I turned. I turned after singing the first verse, and John Huck, the bass player, was looking at me, and he looked down, and he he had this really scared look on his face and I looked down and my entire pants were just soaked in blood and I right away like I was like oh my god this pain in my leg is bloody too (laughs) oh my god and that's when your brain kicks in and knows I was like holy fuck and I ran to the side and they took me to the hospital and I got my whatever they do with a compound fracture and they stitch it up and I still have nerve damage in the cover of that but the whole thing cost 50 bucks American in Canada in 1987, 50 bucks. Did you tell him, did you tell him I'll give you 45? No, it was in America at that time. It would have been five grand. You wouldn't have been treated. (laughs) They would handed you some duct tape and said, this is an emergency. (laughs) But, but so healthcare, I do care about, and that's our area of expertise. And, and this gets back to politics does matter when you work in treatment. It does matter if you're a drug addict in America. It does matter what happens because the, the, the federal government, the FDA, approved OxyContin, which killed a million Americans, right? Mm-hmm. They had no concern whether it would be abused, though in their, in their in produced trials, it was known to be a drug of abuse defense of the government. They didn't know that, but they did learn that four years later when their whistleblower came and gave that report. It's, and they knew after four years, this is being abused everywhere. It's being what's called diverted. It's being diverted, right? Is the word they use to sanitize. Mm. It's being sold for profit on the streets. It's being abused and it's destroying families, killing mothers, Children are being left behind by this plague that this drug company put on the market. Guess how much longer it stayed on the market till then? 16 more years. 16 more years. Isn't that great? So it kills a million Americans. And that's simply because of the, I hate to say it, the Clinton administration. And they're just going along with what the medical profession wants. And the medical profession thinks it wants a pain scale and it thinks it wants to respond to pain the same way it does to blood pressure and, you know what I mean, and temperature, (laughs) right? Pain, the pain scale. And how quickly, you know, they rip the pain scale away now and they're acting like it never was there. Do they still ask you when you go to the doctor whether you have... No, they don't. Oh, you know, wait, because of my, because of the nerve block that I'm getting, there was a thing and it was fantastic and it had it had the faces but it also had words to describe the pain and one of the words was terrifying one of the words Jesus was Christ. terrifying pain <laughs> it was it was terrifying i think i have terrifying pain i have ter- I have terrifying psychic pain. What do I get for that? People don't really couldn't do the math from one to ten, so they had to shorten it to cartoons, right? Is that basically right. what they had to do? No, then we got – no, I was there in 2004. Then we got a cheat sheet that the AMA sent out as to how to describe the things because you're getting these reports of calm patients with 120 over 80 blood pressure, no visible signs of – of uh, injury or whatever, um, pulse rate normal, and they tell you their pain is a nine out of ten scale. 
So AMA sent out to the hospitals and we had to go to one of those dumb in services, remember? Like mandatory. Mm. Everyone in the hospital has to go listen to this bullshit for an hour and a half. And, um, and you know what? I didn't mind those things when they let you eat in them. Then they made this rule that you can't eat. Like, I hate rules. Is it clear to the don't die in the dopey nation that I hate fucking rules? I fucking hate them. And so it was fine because I would always go to the one that was around lunchtime because they'd usually have three a day. They'd have one like at 8 a.m. I'm not going to work early to go and sit and listen to a bunch of bullshit I don't need to know. So there, and there is usually one at like 10.30 or, or 2 o'clock or something. And so I would always go to the midday one. And I would eat my lunch. And they made a rule that you can't eat lunch in the in-service thing. Uh, I was like, who the fuck snitched out that people are eating their lunch in the fucking meeting? What's wrong with that? Well, you know, you need to take your lunch on your lunch hour, Bob. You can't, you can't be learning during your lunch. How no, you apparently you can't listen to, apparently you can't <laughs> listen to bullshit while you're eating or something. <laughs> So, so they get, so here's the things, here's the things they gave us to suggest the different numbers and the, of what, what pain that equates to. I just remember at, um, on a scale of one to 10, 10 being most painful, like the amputation of a limb. That was literally what we were told to say. 10 being the amputation okay. of a limb. Now, if you haven't had a limb amputated, how would you know how painful you know that how is? Much, yeah. I guess you can only imagine how painful it is. So then I start, I start doing this with the doctors, and we're in the room with the guy, with the person drug seeking, and you say, so, and they would have me say it because I had more camaraderie with the addict. So I would say, so, dude, so they would say, you know, we want to check your vitals for pain. So on a scale of one to 10, and Bob, do you want to explain it? And I would say, so on a scale of one to 10, and like, understand that like 10 is like an, a, a leg being amputated, right? Or you, and I would always show my finger. I'd be like, when I cut my finger off, that like that kind of pain. And so you're trying to say 10 is like pain you've never had, motherfucker. Well, well with a saw <laughs> or an ax. <laughs> Listen to this. So then they would always say, so then the doctor would say, so on a scale of one to 10, after what Bob's told you, what would you say your pain is at? And they would say, I don't know, like an eight. <laughs> <laughs> like an eight. Like almost all, cut all the way off. Almost. It's like two <laughs> notches under amputation. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and they're sitting there calm as a cucumber. Well, that's, you, you know, you know, you have to do that with anxiety and everything else too, where I go, oh, I'm at a 10. I go, no, 10 is you can't breathe and we have to call 911 because your anxiety is so bad. You can't, you can't even see straight. That's right. a 10. One is uh, just a normal day where you have normal concerns. Where Five do you think you are now? Day. Five is a normal day. Oh, no. One's a normal day. You know, so it's just like it always... No, one, to five is, or one six is like chilling, watching TV, watching Perry Mason. A you got to be day. able to go more relaxed and then go up. And Perry and Mason, <laughs> say that to a millennial, like watching Perry Mason. <laughs>
<laughs> Kojak. I love Perry Mason over and over again. No wonder they don't that. like you, Bob. I, I love that show. <laughs> it's like watching yeah. Columbo, kids. Yeah. What? <laughs> yeah, Columbo's on Sunday nights. There's only one night a week Columbo's on. Yeah. Uh, Warren does that shit all the time, too. Warren goes, this isn't Friday night. We're not at the disco listening to the Bee Gees. And I go, God damn it, Warren, you just lost them. <laughs> Like, listen, so, so anyways, I just am shocked by my easy adjustment to the slothful, lazy lifestyle. And, and I, I'm not discounting that people are suffering or whatever. And here's the thing. I could just feel myself being attacked by some people that I don't even know for just describing my life. And so then I feel like I have to defend myself. When people say horrible things like that, I don't think that they're thinking. And I think that's the biggest problem right it's now. It's dehumanizing that... the person who disagrees with you. Right. And it's to attack you on a level so that you'll react. And it's not to create an, it's not to create a discussion or to and say, I, and I so what if I disagree with you? So, who gives a fuck? I mean, the fact that that's you what I'm have saying, to say and I just, that. I just recognize that I'm saying I'm thoughtful and lazy and I'm staying home and, you know, whatever. And, oh, aren't you so fortunate? Yes, I am. And I also worked really hard to get into this position. Right. And, right. and, and I've been helping everyone I know. Well, everybody's so, in that position so, now. So everybody's at home. You know, you understand? But they're just going to attack you for for not presenting the whole argument. And why should you have to present the whole? I'm a good person like Fredo and the Godfather. I'm good. I'm smart. <sighs> like why you have to open yourself up for all this criticism. But anyways, that I've gotten used to COVID isolation. I like it. I'm cool with it. I go nuts a little bit, but I like I like my family. I like my house. I like, I, I don't, I like people less and less. So it all fits together. But, Dude, we, I, but, but one thing that I've noticed is when I tried to make comments about the opiate numbers are starting to click up again, just had a huge overdose mass in Wisconsin. You're having overdose death here in, in Los Angeles. I've heard of two in the last week of, of acquaintance of mine's clients, you know, of, through the grapevine kids I knew. So the death rate is still solid. And I try to bring this up to people and they go, dude, you know what? COVID is killing real pe people with a real thing that nobody knows and nobody can control. Like there's competition or there's, right. there's justified death and, or you know what I'm trying to say, Chuck, help me out. Uh, it's oh, like, I, oh, the overdose deaths, they don't matter anymore because we have the COVID deaths. You know, addiction deaths are chosen deaths. They knew the risks up front. They're choosing to live that lifestyle and, you know, they knew the risk. And it's just like, you know, maybe at some point uh, there was a decision, but there's not a decision. I, I, I hate having to explain that to people. They go, COVID isn't, so, it is, you don't get that by choice. You know what you I'm saying, right? You've had it yes. steered at you, right? Absolutely. And here's what I said and i was stupid and then i got myself crucified i said do you know that 88 82 percent of the deaths are people over 78 years old it's it's much more tragic for a 20 year old drug addict kid from from fountain valley to die before they've even lived with all their life ahead of them that's more fucking tragic than a 78-year-old person who's lived a gone good long life. I'm sorry. I'm a Wait, pragmatist. Wait, so you think old people don't matter? <laughs> yeah. 
<laughs> Wait, I'm old, old people don't matter. If I get COVID and die, it's not as sad as if a 20-year-old dies of a drug overdose. I swear to God, I believe that in my heart of heart. I've had so much fun. I've, I've gone all over. I've, I've learned so much. And the only reason people are so focused on dying in COVID because it's become a political issue. So you've got to really, if you're a Democrat, if you're a liberal, if you're on the side of righteousness or whatever, then you have to overemphasize this COVID thing. If you're a Republican or a Trumper, you have to minimize it. Why can't you be somewhere in the reasonable middle where Fauci is? Everybody, listen, I talk to people in Europe. There's an interesting thing went on. And Europeans are able to criticize themselves as a society. So this guy in Holland I was talking to, he goes, yeah, we're going to have to clamp down, I think, on, you know, in a couple of days or maybe even today, they're going to go to full lockdown again. This is a guy in Holland, right? And I said, I said, well, but why? That scares me because we're, there's a reason why COVID is out of control in America because people don't wear masks and they don't socially distance. Uh -huh. And he goes, that's what started to happen here. We all forgot what it was like six months ago. So he, he admitted, like, it's not a political thing. It's just everybody got more relaxed. And as they, people didn't get sick and the infection rate was very low, they stopped wearing their masks and they stopped social distancing. And somehow it sprung back up. And so in his mind, we're just going to go back to the basics, back to the way we were in March for a month. And then we're all going to do what we did in April and May and June to make it go away, which is socially distance and mask. And he said the most interesting thing, Bob, he said, you know, on one hand, I love America and I love all the American bands and everything. But we watch what you, you, you what America is like. And it's just disbelief. And he wanted me to know. He goes, Bob, there are there is a. Uh, uh, whatever the party is called in Holland, that's basically the Nazi party. It's basically, you know, extremist, crazy, anti, you know, anti-Semitic, anti-xenophobic, you know, there's a party in Holland where that's legitimized and that's what they believe and they're a small portion, but they, they are a part of the political process, right? He goes, even they know to wear masks and socially distance. Why do you make it? Why do you make the mask a political thing? This isn't, it's not, it's not like it's going to go away. We can't make it go away. And of course, the numbers go down when we, when we, you know, shelter in place, numbers are going to go down because people aren't out actively infecting each other. So we'll see. It's, it's going to shake out. But you're, I mean, I can't believe how, how, how gross it is still that, that it hasn't sorted itself out yet is, is really bothersome. It's disappointing that in, in a time like this, there is no real leadership. There's no leadership. And the only thing I'm trying to say is what happened to caring about addicts? All of a sudden, the you know just fell off the face of the earth there was no talk about it in the last like certainly during covid but even the last half of last year it just kind of faded away oh yeah well you know even i was saying we won we beat the we beat it right? well that was the mistake you didn't knock wood when you did that and look what happened we didn't beat it and depression is higher than ever before suicide rates are higher than ever before um, do you know that a soldier kills themselves 22 a day? Wow. 22 veterans kill themselves every day. That's unacceptable, yeah. right? 
120 something addicts die every day of a drug overdose. It's unacceptable. You know, just as unacceptable as the 700, oh, shoot, as the 700 um, COVID deaths or 1,000 COVID deaths. It's all unacceptable. And we all need to join together and care and fucking get it together. And I just am kind of shocked. Now, I don't know when this podcast will be released, but tomorrow is election day, right? Trump could squeak it out. And I'll tell you the pathway. He just needs to hold Florida. He needs to hold North Carolina. He needs to win Pennsylvania. He needs to hold Arizona. And Donald Trump will be president of the United States for four more years. How crazy is that? Well, you know, we talked about this last time. What are people going to do? How are people prepared for that? Because that's a possible outcome. I think it's a real possible. I think it's more than 50% possible. I, 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 think, I, I, I think it's like a 60-40 Trump's going to squeak it out again. Yeah, I, I, don't, I, I don't know. I, I just don't see, I, I don't see it going the other way. I, think well, the, I, think, pick, uh, I, I don't think I'm going to downtown L.A. anytime soon if that happens. So I'm looking forward to tomorrow in a voyeuristic way because I think if Trump sneaks it, squeaks it out, it's going to be bad to be in certain parts of this country. If Biden wins by a landslide, Huntington Beach will be not a great place to be. Uh, Alabama will be not a great place to be. Uh, Florida will be not a great place to be. All the strangleholds of Trump will not be a good place Arizona. to be. Arizona. Oh, boy. Arizona. Texas. Can you imagine? Yeah. So, so I don't see it as oh, if one side wins, everything's going to be good. If the other side wins, everything's going to be bad or vice versa. I just think it's going to be interesting whichever way it plays out tomorrow. And it probably won't be tomorrow. If it's tight, it'll be Friday. It'll take till Friday. Come on, America. We need you to pull through on something. I need something good. Show me something good. What if Biden got one and then immediately... Uh, resign. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I, I know, think that's the thing. I think Kamala I think sitting there with an EpiPen just waiting and the second it happens that would be, you're gonna see that would be the perfect America. It couldn't nominate a woman president. It had to be these rad, crazy circumstances where it ended up with a woman president. You you don't <laughs> think that she's a backdoor ticket? She's a total backdoor. Yeah, but I think he he would serve four years and then she would have to run again. That's what happened with with um, Lyndon Johnson. Then he didn't run in 68 because his poll numbers weren't good. And that's what led to Nixon. So we'll see. Politics in America is interesting. We are living in here's everybody wants to make a comparison of Trump with with George George Wallace. George Wallace had like eight percent of the population. He never. He was a joke to be from the get go, right? He never had a chance of being president. He never even had a chance of being a senator. It was all just a media spoof, and he got laid to media attention for being a Ku Klux Klan guy. Donald Trump is the fucking president of the United States, and he is a racist, and he is xenophobic, and he doesn't give a fuck not only about me or you or anybody who has a free mind to think. He doesn't give a fuck about his devotees. And that is so obvious to anyone 
with above 100 IQ. It really is. What are you saying about people with below 100 IQs? <laughs> well, it just, you know what I'm saying? It depends yeah. on how below, right? Uh, <laughs> Dr. Drew said the greatest thing. I said, well, you know, we're only five points behind China because China's where all the smartest people are, right? So China's national IQ average is 106, right? America's is 101. I was like, that, that would, that's not that bad, five points. And Drew said, it's that bad. It's uh -huh. that bad. And I said, <laughs> no, like five points. But I thought, I thought if, if, if I thought China would be like 110 and America would be like 96 or something, but five points. And Drew said, in order to get 101, you've got a third, a, a third to a, a quarter of the population is 120 or above. I said, okay. He goes, that means a third or a quarter of the population is, is below 80. And I was like, whoa, that's how you get 100 average. Someone with an 80 to an 85 to a 90 IQ isn't, isn't able to, to follow, track our thoughts on this podcast. They're not. They need to see things in black and white and good and bad and right and wrong, and they need direction, right? And that's what Trump provides them. And that's also what, what our, our mechanized society does, work here. Do I always say to people that are in these positions, well, of where the computer is telling them what to do, and I always say, no, you don't have to do that. You don't, oh, I have to. It's a, and they point at the machine telling them what they have to do, right? You know what I'm saying? And I'm like, <laughs> no. <laughs> huh? Yeah. I, no, it says I'm like, this. No, that's just a machine. It's just you and me here. Right? <laughs> and it's whether it's returning something at Home Depot or GameStop, my bonus numbers at GameStop or whatever. It's always this thing where they point at the screen and say, no, I can't do that. And I go, sure you can. You're a human being. I'm a human being. Sure you can. You could override that. You give me a 10% discount. You could, I could just walk out of the store and you could say, oh, I don't want to even be involved in it and just turn a blind eye. There's a million human things we can do here. You don't have to point at the computer. Well, like that time you went to Starbucks and, and needed the milk. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The milk at Disneyland. Like, dude, I, that was insane. Like, just give me some fucking milk. Come on, I'm a human being. <laughs> well, so, we'll see. We'll see. So about I'm going to be lazy tomorrow. I might take a shower tomorrow. All I don't right. know. For election day, should I take a shower? I don't know. Maybe just maybe in not. case the world burns down, you want to have a shower and clean underwear on. Really? Uh, I, yeah. I still haven't decided whether I'm voting or not. I'm an undecided voter. Oh shit! <laughs> if oh. I have to take a shower to go, do I have to take a shower to go vote? No. <laughs> okay. Yeah, you can wear. There's listen, social distancing, right? No one. Will you've smell seen me. the pictures of Walmart. You can wear your pajamas. <laughs> <laughs> you can even put on if a funny I, hat. If I don't have to take a shower. And I can wear my pajamas. Yeah, wear your pajamas. Wear your pajamas. Wear a fu yeah. big furry hat or something too. There is that American spirit. But no, but we live in California, dude. Does it really matter? <laughs> I think you should get some UGG boots. Yeah. UGG boots. Yeah, uh, I, I think got, you should I got get my some UGG boots. 
I got my thong. Sometimes I just wear my uh, tennis shoes with my pajamas. Uh, you know, it's all fine. Right. <laughs> well, don't die. Maybe we need to tell people to die, and maybe they'll stop. Maybe the just, exact just, opposite. Yeah. yeah the, the, what is that called? The opposite. The, uh, reverse psychology. Reverse psychology. They're just, they're just not getting it. Bob cleared it up. If Bob dies, it's not a big deal. It's say la vie. You know, uh, he's yeah, had a great life. Hey, he's listen, had a great I've life. Lived, I've outlived most of I'll my usefulness, except for my kids. I got to be around for my kids. But let me tell you something. You know, the great Eddie Jennings died this morning. I love that guy. And we'll talk about that later. I don't know what it was from. I got the call. Eddie Jennings, Chuck, was a guy who had a club in San Francisco called the I-Beam. And then he moved down here to L.A. and started the club Jack Sugar Shack. You ever heard of that club? Nope. It was a great club. I saw so many great bands at Jack Sugar Shack. The great Eddie Jennings died this morning, and we're going to have a Zoom memorial for him as a plan and, and whatever, but he was a great guy. And I have his uh, jogging machine out here in Claremont. I bought his jogging machine. <laughs> I I bought it and I ran out like four times and I was just yeah. like this is dumb. <laughs> At first, I used to run in the house in Beechwood, and then I I just felt like that was all right actually. Running in the house, that's why you have a running machine. But then I came out here to Claremont. And I, I had it in that guest house, and I was like, this is stupid. So I put it outside, and I thought I'm running outside. This is so much better. I'm running outside. And then one day I was doing it in the morning, and you could see my reflection in the glass of the house of the sliding glass window and i thought there ain't nothing more stupid than looking i'm on a running machine in the middle of nature where people would love to go hiking or jogging and i'm on a running machine <laughs> so that's why i gave up running i gave up running from, on eddie jennings running machine well, maybe you need to start again you just might have some shows to play and some places to go and things to do and Outrun do you ever do this mob? when somebody when when somebody dies? I have a saved phone message from him in my phone. I listened to it like four times today. It was so sad. He's such a kind guy. Told me he loved me. Mm. And he's asking. He's just asking something about the bicycle thief or something. And uh, I listened to it like four times today. Mm. You know. And I I've got now like three people's dead messages in my answering machine in my phone. Do you ever do that, Chuck? You ever, when somebody dies, lose, no. you happen to have a message from them in your phone? But I, I have a, a couple texts. I, I accidentally erased, because you know how it is with what the work we do. I get so many phone messages in a day, and they're not, usually not from people I want to talk to, and then I'm out of space. The, email, uh, the voicemail's full. But um, I don't take, you know their, what names, I do? I don't take I always... their names out of my phone. I just add a rest in peace. No, I save some that are like crazy uh, ones or, uh, you know, through the years. I've got one from John Pokna. Mike is so crazy. It's just the craziest one. I got one from Artie Lang. It's pretty crazy. So I save the good ones. But then I also save the people I really want to call back because of, yeah, so many phone calls come. So when I go to my voice messages, I see it reminds me of three people I want to call back. <laughs> and I never called Eddie. I never called Eddie back. He called on October eighth. I saved the message. It's still on my phone, 
And it was like fourth one down. I was like, fuck. And I listened to it like four times today. And I was like, why didn't I call him back? Because he said, no reason to call back. I'm just calling if you ever, if you want this bicycle thief stuff I have, just call me. And he lives in Sacramento so now, so I wasn't going to really go pick it up. I'm trying to think, Mike, when we were growing up, when we were 22 and 24 and 26, there was only like four people I knew that died. Greg Limborg, Hillel, um... There wasn't that many. That girl Daphne that managed Black Flag. Bill Stobau. Bill Stobau. No, Bill Stobau died when I was sober. So he died in like 96 or 97. I'm talking about when we were in the, when we were at that age where these kids are that died, 22, 24, 26. Like I was 22 when I met you. You yeah. were probably 24. Yeah. Right? Are you two years older yeah. than me? Like, just think, like, all those people that we got arrested with, that we ran around with, all of them are still alive now, except for later on in life, Rock, uh, who died? You remember that guy? Rock died? You, you remember that guy uh, that used to play harmonica in the Red Devils, that Lester guy? Lester yeah, died. Yeah, Lester died. And then, uh, and then Kit, the uh, roadie for X, he died when pretty early on from AIDS. Right. But there was a lot of... But I'm talking about that that time when we were 22. There was no 22 year olds that died. No. Hillel, Hillel was 25, I it think, was when shocking. he died it in 1987. It was shocking. Uh, huh? It was, it was shocking. shocking. Yes. Now it's an every fucking day occurrence in every young person's life. You, you don't work in treatment the way me and Chuck do. Chuck, you ever ask a 24 year old if they know anybody that's died of drugs? They go, oh, oh my God, so many, so many well, well, people. Well, it's not I even know. like that. It's just like, oh yeah, a dozen in the last year or a dozen in the last six months. It's not even a big deal. It means so. It's such. It's so, so not a shock that that's what's unsettling about it. And and to say, oh, your friends died of drugs. You know, you shouldn't do drugs. It just has no impact on them whatsoever. None. Yep. I don't see it motivating. I can tell you, I went to Hillel Slovak's funeral and I was a, a speedball shooting freak. And I lived through the whole funeral. It was, oh, it was fucking tough, man. It was fucking hard. And we were driving out. At Rob Graves is in the back seat. My girlfriend is in the front seat and me, just the three of us. And I stopped out in front of the funeral to make a left on Riverside Drive. And I looked at Rob and I said, I'm, not, I'm never shooting drugs ever again, dude. And he goes, yeah, right. Mm -hmm. And I didn't shoot drugs until 1994. <laughs> right? So seven years. That held me in check from shooting drugs for seven years. It doesn't hold these kids for seven hours. And so we got to, like, keep up the faith and keep up the the kind of concern but you know suboxone's certainly a better alternative than than dying of drugs i i just wholly believe that now i didn't believe that i say that with all my heart as a person who has hated suboxone and spoken yeah. out against it for a decade i just see now the value in it like listen not most most people don't want to thrive so, yeah, just, you know, take Suboxone and do whatever. And, and maybe 10 years from now, you'll figure something out. Right? Yeah, why not? Mom's drinking wine. Dad's taking Xanax. You can be on Suboxone and everything's cool. 
So until next time, when there's until a new president of the United States oh, of America. God. You know, when the, one of the craziest, like, I thought I was an acid, was the first State of the Nation address of Trump. For some reason, I was glued to the television. And the guy comes out, in the they're holding both sessions of Congress, and the guy walks out before the president, and he announces to the room, ladies and gentlemen, the the president of the United States of America, Donald J. Trump. And I just started laughing. I was like, this is fucking insane. This isn't, you might as well have said Bozo the Clown. This is fucking insane. And now I'm thinking he's going to get another term. It's craziness. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> it's crazy. Well, Ladies and stay gentlemen. Tuned. The President of the United States of America, Courageous Cat. <laughs> there you go, Courageous Cat. <laughs> really Courageous Cat? Nope. Yeah. I love that TV show. Came on right after Columbo. Okay, let me do it again. Ladies and gentlemen, the President of the United States of America, Stephen Adler. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to do it again. Ladies and gentlemen, the President of the United States of America, Mike Mart. <laughs> what are you trying to say here? That was a good one. That's a good one. <laughs> Ladies like and gentlemen, the President of the United States of America, Angelo Moore. <laughs> Yay. That'd be a good There'd be a lot of great names after that. They'd all be just as surprising as Donald J. Trump. There they really would be. Like, I, let's just go through it. I don't know if this is possible. Ladies and gentlemen, the President of the United States. Paul Weller of the group Style Council and the Jam. Yeah. <laughs> they would have to say his name and the band names. Yeah, well, well, Kanye and Kim. Oh God, what? Kanye don't even say it. Kim one day, and one day you might hear this, ladies and gentlemen, the President of the United States of America, Kim kardashian very possible <laughs> oh so possible dude ladies and gentlemen the president of the united states ted nugent <laughs> <laughs> hey we'd eat good <laughs> we can just we can do this we can do a whole podcast <laughs> ladies and gentlemen the president of the united states of america bob newhart <laughs> <laughs> Is he still alive? Yes, oh, alive. I love that man, but he's got to be 11 for sure. Ah, uh, good night, yeah. everybody. Don't die. Say don't die. That is so the we... greatest idea ever. So say don't die. Don't we can say goodbye. Bye-bye.